Welcome to another episode of Infinity X, where we give a stage and microphone to human excellence in the pursuit of never-ending opportunities and merging ecosystems with world-renowned entrepreneurs and influencers. Now, here's your host, David Harder. Gentlemen, I would like to welcome each and every one of you guys back out to another Infinity X episode on Tuesday night, as always. Um, I am not currently here with Rob Gill and Dave Harder. I will be filling in for them this evening. My name is Parker Russo. Uh, we want to thank you guys so much for coming out tonight and joining us here on our Tuesday night. Uh, tonight, I am joined by none other than Jeff Lopes. He is the entrepreneurial dad coach, father, business owner, life coach, best-selling author, top-rated podcast. The man just does it all, ladies and gentlemen. So, Jeff, thank you guys so much for being here this evening. I'm really happy to be here with you and, you know, uh, kick it off a little bit. After that intro, I think we're done for today. That was good enough I of think an we're intro. Good, right? <laughs> I know. All I know. good, brother. I, I appreciate it, man. That's uh, I appreciate you being here, and I I love interacting with other individuals like yourself, just to uh, spread the word and just uh, give as much knowledge out there as possible, man. So thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. You're so again. You're 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 the dad coach. So I'm not a father yet myself, but um, you know, I I think I also want to kick it off with you know. Why the dad coach niche niche per se? Like what, what really got you into the dad coach? Yeah, so I wouldn't even call it a niche. It was it was it just came about and it all came about I would say in the last year and a half when I actually started my own podcast, April of uh, 2020, where I, I had taken 64 entrepreneurs over a three-year period. And the coaching asset, just for your honest understanding, is a very small part of what I do. I'm, I, I run other corporations. I do all that. The coaching started off for me just giving back to young entrepreneurs. So I took 64 right. entrepreneurs under my wing over a three-year period, never charged a penny. And it was just me giving back. And I helped them, whether it was a business plan, setting a trademark, whatever they needed in the business realm, I would help mm -hmm. them to succeed. And I got, I got a few of them up to seven figures. I got one guy up to two companies, seven figures, and I never charged a penny. Then when I started doing the podcast, I was getting these young, successful entrepreneurs on my podcast mm -hmm. and they all had the same thing. They all had the same story where it's like they had this revenge story to their dad or they had this, this issue growing up and they had to prove their dad wrong. And I was like, whoa. And then they would, at the end of the podcast, they'd be like, you're so successful. What is your issue with your dad? And I'm like, I had a great father. I had a great right. upbringing. And, and I started seeing this, this, this realm and I started actually really focusing on entrepreneurs. And, and I started seeing like the divorce rate in Canada alone is 62% mm -hmm. of entrepreneurs are divorced. And wow. I started seeing these all, and I started putting a lot of these together. And it's like, you know what, there's, there's a, there's a need for teaching other entrepreneurial dads how to truly balance. I know you'll hear a lot of high level entrepreneurs, Gary V's and all that, they're steadily saying there's no such thing as balance. That's all bullshit. There is balance. Right. And there's mm -hmm. ways to balance your time at home, balance your family life, balance your business. And there's different cycles of life, right? There's times where you're going to have to put a little more attention to your business. Other times you're going to put a little more attention to your family. But there's ways to keep everything at float, to keep everybody happy and keep yourself at a top level where you could be able to manage it all, right? Right. That so that's essentially where, that's where it all came from. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I love how you, you know, you use that first portion of it to really just give massive amounts of value and value and value and value. Because, you know, a lot of my mentors, myself, they tell me like, listen, if you give out as much value as you possibly can, it's going to come back to you, you know, tenfold in that. So really, that's something that always resonates with me whenever, you know, any, any successful entrepreneur says, listen, the more value you give, I promise you, the more success you will see in your life, you know, so I, I think that relates to anything in life, right? I mean, you, you go out every single day, 
doing everything you do with no expectation of somebody coming back, eventually it all comes back. People start Absolutely. noticing what you're doing. So that goes to every single thing you do. If you're a pro athlete, is what you do when no one's watching. It's all these moments, right? So putting out and constantly just giving everything you can to everything you do, mm -hmm. it all comes back over time, right? 100%. 100%. I love that. So Jeff, let me ask you this. So, so take me back, take me back to, you know, take me back to your childhood, take me back to your journey. Uh, what does success look like? Take me through a little bit of the summary of, of your growing up. You said you had a great, uh, great, like, you know, at home life growing up and what really, you know, shifted you into getting to where you are? You know what, there's something honestly for the last while Parker, I've been really actually focused on. And I, I wasn't focused on in the, in the past where I mean that question a lot lately, where a lot of people are like, that million dollar question here, everybody always asks, are you born an entrepreneur? Could you turn an entrepreneur? Mm -hmm. I'm a strong believer. You can teach somebody the skills. You could give them all the tools. You can't teach that hustle that drive. So from a young age, hustle. I've always had that hustle that drive. I, I had that, that will where everything I did, whether it was a sport or a, a business or anything I did, I always wanted to be first. I just, it, mm -hmm. it Amy inside finishing second. And, and I always had that inside me. And now that I really sit back and look at my growing up, my childhood, I can really, really understand more that I saw how much my parents struggled, how hard they worked. My dad was a, my dad worked at Ford. He was a, he was a factory worker. My mom worked at daycares and, and they really worked so hard just to give us the bare minimals. And, right. and part of me, maybe that all that resonated that, that environment where it's like, I didn't want to put myself in that situation the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And I think that plus so many little things over my youth, um, give me all these little trigger points. And when I was 17 years old, it just came natural. I saw an opportunity. I started my first business at 17. And uh, from there on, really at 19, um, I was in college and I really started focusing on being an entrepreneur. And ever since then, 20, almost 26 years later, I've never worked for nobody. I've always been on my own, right? That's amazing. And how many businesses have you been in through that time? Because I know there's oh, you know, True Blue Homes and Kamuraware. Those are just some of the most successful ones that you are. Do you currently own those businesses still? Yeah, I still have both. Those. Uh, True Blue Homes is, uh, is, um, is, I would say more as a real estate portfolio. We've got nine properties of vacation and commercial rentals. Mm. Uh, where I've had for, um, I've always been the type where I love building something, but I would get bored too quickly and right. then i would find exit strategies i've had two i've owned two gyms i've had an event company i've had these companies i start them i get bored i exit i get bored i exit and i've had some that i started and i failed at and it's just right. the way it is right at the end of the day you're gonna look at how many losses how many wins if you got more wins stacked up than the losses you're in the right column right so yeah. Kamora was just another company i thought i was going to start um i was going to build up i saw the it was it was right when the peak of the whole ultimate fighting the ufc was taking off right before it took off i saw there was a need in there and i jumped so that's on MMA that industry way, correct yeah yeah i jumped the sorry i apologize about that okay. i jumped on that industry and it, it's it's boxing martial art equipment and we jumped on an industry and uh 15 and a half years later that's that's been almost my cash wow. that's been the business that's allowed me to buy my other properties allowed me to do everything else and it's become this 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 eight-figure company that i never thought it would be that's awesome. And we deal with 1800. Obviously the pandemic affected us because we deal wholesale directly to gyms through the pandemic. A lot of gyms were slowed down. Now they're back open. We're, we're in full force again. Actually we're stronger than we ever have been because a lot of the, our competitors have slowed down through the process. So through the whole process, like I said, it's, ah, man, it's been, okay, one sec, sorry. It's been, I apologize about that. It's been, um, it's been, I would say over the years, we've probably had, seven or eight corporations that we've built and, and 
proud of. And the two that I've actually kept was my holding company, True Blue Homes, Borrower. And then through the process, there's tons of passive income companies we've always started where currently we have a company called Kitty Kitchen, which is uh, cooking online classes for kids. We do a lot of stuff like that. We, I'm always trying to build as much passive income as possible. Yeah. So I could... I, I say relax as much, but I actually end up working more, but I try mm -hmm. to build as many passive, passive income possible. I think it's so vital for entrepreneurs to, to grow, right? Jeff, I mean, that's awesome. So, I mean, success is obviously, um, you know, not confusing to you. It's something that you have a lot of experience in. So, I mean, I want to add, what does success look like to you? Is it monetary? Is it wealth? Or what, what, is, what is your definition? What would you describe success as in your eyes? So wealth is, I, I measure wealth by, by freedom, being able to accumulate enough wealth that you're able to do the things you love on, and the things you have a passion for on a regular basis. And, and part of my wealth is I call it the three to seven. I'm home every single day from three to seven o'clock, Monday to Friday. I haven't missed a dinner at home for the last 12 years of my family. Wow. And, and it's something that I'm very passionate about is, is being able to work as hard as you possibly can to allow yourself to have vacation time, to be able to spend the time for yourself even, like do the Oprah, like fill your own cup. Um, I always spend every single day, I try to make sure I do something physically. I make sure I take time for myself. I make sure I read every day. I do, I spend the time to take care of myself and that allows me to have enough energy to be able to fulfill my duties as an entrepreneur, but also as a, as a father, as a husband. So. Wealth is measured to me by freedom, being able to live every single day with, I call it no regrets, right? There's something I'm very passionate about is living with no regrets. Right. And that's something where I teach a lot of entrepreneurs because you always hear the biggest thing, Parker, is, is people on their deathbed having regrets. And, and no matter what, even though I truly try to live with no regrets, when something does happen, you always still do have regrets. I mean, example, mm -hmm. like my, my father just recently passed away. Sorry, and I was, and I was, the, I was that 44 year old that would call my dad three times a day. I would see my dad on a regular basis weekly. And, and I would call him every night. We have a great conversation every night. And I called him on May 6th. We had a great conversation before he went to bed. And Saturday morning, I went to call him and, and he was no longer with us. And it was a sudden heart attack. And, and, and I sat there and, and it's really, it, it, it killed me inside because even though I live with no regrets and I spent tons of time with me, still had regrets. So mm -hmm. I really try to do everything with no regrets. When my children ask me to do something, as long as it's time, not in value of buying something, but actually, dad, let's play baseball. Dad, let's go for a hike. Dad, go for, I always call it the yes factor with my kids. I shut everything down and it's yes time for them. So I really try to every single day live with that mindset of zero regrets because there's so many people that don't pick up that phone don't call their parents or don't call a brother or sister or a loved one. And then something happens in the rest of your life that's locked in your head. Yep. Absolutely. So living with no regrets is, is something I do and I'm very passionate about, but it all comes back to being able to work as hard as you can to build as much wealth as you can to be able to have the freedom to do what you want and live with zero regrets. Cause you now I have the freedom to do what I want and see the people I want and spend the time with the love my loved ones. Right. So it all kind of holistically works together. Yep. 100%. That's, that's a way that I'm striving to live by myself, Jeff. I really am. You know, I'm trying to grind it out right now and work towards that, 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 that goal, right. In order to do whatever I want, like the fact that you can be home from three to seven and spend that quality time with your family during those hours. I mean, that's something, you know, 
people would strive for, you know, day in and day out. So, but it, but it's also sacrifice too, Parker. I mean, it's sacrifice. I'm up at four 30 every morning and you always hear those entrepreneurs like waking up at four 30 and conquering in the morning. It's all bullshit. I wake up at four 30 and I rub my eyes and I curse every morning, but I know from four <laughs> 30 till nine o'clock, I can get majority of my day done. So right. from nine on, I get to the office. I deal with my staff. I do a couple of podcasts. I, I do some interviews and then I can be home for the rest of the day. And then at, at seven at night, usually after seven, I'm doing a podcast for you guys, but usually I would be on the computer, answer emails, do my finish off day for an hour. And then by eight o'clock, I'm retired from the day. But because I'm, I work so hard from 4.30 till 9 a.m. every single morning, that allows me to have that freedom. So sacrifices, finding out what you truly want to do in your life, what is your true passion, and then figuring out what sacrifices you have to do, what things you have to sometimes cut out, which people you have to cut out. I, I, I honestly do a self-evaluation on a, on a regular basis every eight to 12 weeks. And I really study like who's in my life, what things I'm doing. And I really kind of do a balance check and say, is, do I really need this in my life right now? Right. Or do I need, do I need this person in my life? This person giving me more negative energy or more negativity, bringing me down, draining me. Are they adding any value to my life? So you really, really have to evaluate what you're doing because a lot of entrepreneurs just keep adding, 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 and then they break down. Or yes. they're not giving fully, and then, and then their wives are complaining because they're not, they're not, they're not present. Or their kids, they're never, they're never there. And then years later, they realize that they weren't present with their kids. So, really understanding what's important to you and really eliminating certain things that are not needed in your life allows you to really fulfill and be present to the things that you really have to be to. Right, fulfill, be present, create that balance that you know that they need in order to succeed in life in all yeah, aspects 100%. of life. Now, I wanted to ask you this, Jeff. Now, where did you get into your life where you, I, I hear a lot of entrepreneurs, they struggle with this, where they start, stop asking themselves questions as of, you know, why did this happen to me? And, and change that into what can, I, what can I learn from this, right? And like, I want to see, like, so what does that mean to you? I mean, that, that's everything, right? I mean, everything we do is a learning experience. And, and, and it's so easy to focus on the past or to really focus on the future. And those are two things you can't control. The only thing you can control is the present. Right. So the minute you understand the only thing we could truly control is what is happening right now, mm. the past is a lesson. You'll look at it, you'll learn from it, you move on from it. And once in a while, you might have to reflect on it, not to make that mistake again, but you move on from it. The future, you can plan, but you're not there yet. Right. You need to really focus on today. When I'm talking about even goal setting, for example, whether it's family, business, life, personal goals, I always set everything up as a three-month, six-month, and one-year goal. But I really then break it down into daily goals, what I could focus on every single day in the process. Because we could really focus on a six-month goal. God, six months passes like this. Yeah. And guess what? We're not going to be even close to that. But if I figure out a six-month goal, I figure out the halfway point, and now I figure out a daily schedule to get me to the halfway point, All of the, every single day you have that win. That win builds a momentum. It's that domino effect, and you start building that momentum, and it gets faster and faster. And before you realize it, you're at the three-month mark. You're at the six-month mark, and now there's no stopping you. So what I do is I really, really focus on only what I can control every single day, make sure all, all my check marks are checked off, all the, the, the check boxes checked off, move on to the next day. And you keep doing that every day. And slowly you start seeing the progression. Slowly you start getting more motivated. Slowly everything starts happening. So I think really 
learning how to focus on the present and what you control is massive. And the minute you could do that, everything else seems to fall in the right place. Yeah, 100%. And even like, so like, you know, I started waking up, I'm not at 430 yet. I'm at 6am right now, you know, and I wake up 6am, I get my ass to the gym. I'm in the gym, I use that whole hour to really plan my day out of my head, you know, I'm on the treadmill, I'm thinking about my task for that day. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, what I'm going to start the day with what time I'm going to do this, I have this meeting at this time, you know, I'm preparing myself mentally before half of my buddies are even up yet. You know what I mean? So even since I started doing that, this has been about I'm going to be honest, about seven months now, I started doing this, but it has helped me immensely just in, in a mindset, in, in achieving my goals and just, in just doing that daily habitual small task, you know, it, it led me to do more. Okay. Well, if I can do this, wake up at six. Okay. So I'm going to turn that to five next month, you know? And then like, okay, if I can get to the gym at that time, maybe I can do, you know, and just, you, you see little trickle effects of success start coming your way because you're realizing like your potential of what you can really do if you really just structure your day and put systems into your day that can do that and get you to that process, you know, I I call I call the non-negotiables, right? There's certain things in your day that you need to lock in and make them non-negotiable. If Mm -hmm. fitness is a huge part and the planning and more is a huge part that's locked in every day. Those are non-negotiable. Those things have to be locked in my three to seven, my family is non-negotiable. That's locked in every day. So having certain things locked in, you create those non-negotiables in your schedule studying your schedule is massive 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 and and starting the morning with a you could i mean you could call it a win you could call it a you could call it an accomplishment there's so many different ways to look at it but completing a task first thing in the morning that goes to the whole thing of making your bed in the morning or whatever that little task is just it's just a steamroll it's just all of a sudden now guess what i've i've okay i don't even think about it but i've done one thing so now i finish the second thing third and you start building that momentum so i think that first thing of the day being able to check it off and feel like you know what i've done one little thing which is non-negotiable i gotta do every single day it's just it just creates this energy and this this uh, momentum for the rest of the day that's that you end up killing the rest of the day and achieving what you want right yep 100 percent. so yeah i love that all right so so jeff so let me ask you so who are some of your who are some of your biggest role models in shaping you into who you are today? I know you mentioned Gary V earlier. Would you consider him to be like as if one of your role models, or who are some of those I, people that got you into where you are? Would you so consider anyone? No, I don't. I don't look at other entrepreneurs. I mean, I, I consider myself as as I've I've studied other people. I've taken little parts of everybody else, but right. actually looking at as individuals a role model. No, I look at I look at I look at my dad was a role model, an incredible hard worker. Um, somehow. Even though he worked a factory job and he worked his ass off 10 to 12 hours a day, he realized, and it took me to be an adult to look at my dad and realize that because as a kid, I never paid attention to it, that he understood wealth as freedom. Right. And I'll explain why, like my dad worked at Ford back then, and they're, you're paid pretty well to be uh, the work at Ford Moors back then. And he worked 10 hour days and he could have worked 12 hour days time and a half over time. He could have worked weekends triple time. He never did. He worked just enough to be able to have a decent life, but he made sure that all that extra time was spent with his family. So he understood wealth was managed by freedom, being able to spend time with your family. And I didn't realize that until I was living. So having a strong role model around me that was always there for me was a huge part. And my grandfather, my grandfather was the only other entrepreneur in my life. And 
uh, he was a portrait, but we talked on a regular basis. And, and, and as a kid growing up, I would always ask him business questions. I would always ask him. He was really, um, he was a capital venturist and he was always into real estate. And I'd always reach out to him with questions and, and understanding what he did and how he bought properties and split them up. So it was just, as a young kid, I was so amazed by what he did, what he accomplished. I would, we go with the, on a family vacation to Portugal and I see my grandfather with these pieces of land. And then a couple of years later, I go there and I have these developments in a mall. And I'm like, oh my God, how's this guy doing that? And right. it, all that just really triggered. Uh, it was another trigger in my life to be an entrepreneur and really understand and study real estate and, and really, really hone in on the value of, of real estate. And, and he was a big part of that as well. So I would say I, I took a lot of my my mentoring through my dad and, and my grandfather. And then you have a lot of indirect mentoring, right? There, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a book, whether it, you hear, you, you're on a you're constantly learning. I'm, I'm a strong believer the day you die is the day you stop learning, right? So I'm constantly trying to indulge myself with as much knowledge as possible and surround myself with this. You never, you always hear that. You never want to be the smartest guy in the room. I definitely right. ever never want to be the smartest guy in the room. And I put myself in situations where I'm constantly around people that are driven, that are, that are goal getters, that, that you just, you, you learn from, you, you take little tidbits from, you take little knowledge from, you take their mistakes and you try not to make them your mistakes. So I'm always constantly trying to grow from that. Yeah. Yeah. Even being on podcasts such as this, you know, I, even if I, whether I'm listening, whether I'm on it myself, I, you know, having guests like you on every single week, it's just like, wow, like, that's one more thing that I could add into my daily process. Wow, that's one more thing I can still into my business, you know? And you take those one things and you can make yeah. up. You know, it's hard because, you know, there's so much noise out there, right? You know, that entrepreneur is telling you, you got to do it like this. You got this other guy is telling you, no, this is the way you do it, you know? And it's like, it's really hard to instill in your head what's the right thing to do, what's the wrong thing to do. There's so much noise out there, you know, with YouTube and everyone trying to tell you. I, I say you never fully take, you never fully mimic copy another individual you take parts of what they are doing that you enjoy or like right it's like i a lot of people come up to me and they want to start a business and and they give me um uh, an industry they want to be in or a product they want to start and i'm like okay find the top five or ten companies or products that are similar to you in the industry and they're like oh but i want to be in the, i want to be different no you're going to study everything they've done every yep. little thing they've done from social posts to how they branded to how they grew how long they took everything and you're going to try to learn as much lessons they have done along the way what they've done wrong and everything you do is reaching out to people i always say and this isn't for you like most successful people are willing to help you they're willing to give back their knowledge and and i get entrepreneurs calling me all the time like jeff you know this stuff i'm like yeah 100 because you you put yourself in a situation where you uh, to me is i feel honored when when other younger entrepreneurs want knowledge or want to learn from me and right. and and i take that as as a it's almost like a chip in the shoulder like i, I I'm, I'm proud of that and i love giving back i love teaching so i think a lot of entrepreneurs are like that so not only learn by studying, but go out and ask questions. Talk to other individuals that are successful in that industry. So you're constantly learning and growing, but you, like I said, you don't have to focus one thing. You're taking little parts of everything and making, creating your own brand or your own product or your own uh, identity of what the brand is all about, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Are you a part of any, any groups or anything? So besides the podcast, how, how did you get to meet all of these successful entrepreneurs, which is, how did you put yourself into the rooms with them? 
ask, reach out and ask, buddy. Just I mean, reach out. Yeah. out and ask. I, I think it. the biggest, the you biggest know, Instagram thing direct with, messaging has been, has been helping me immensely. You'd be surprised at how many people will, you'll ask them a question on an Instagram direct message. They'll answer you. They'll answer you. I say seven out of 10 times I get an answer. I'm, I'm interested in your answer on this. So if you were to shuffle off this, this mortal coil, as some of my partners say, what and how would you like to be remembered for? Man, somebody that was always there for you, man. I mean, somebody that was always there for you. I, when somebody asks whether it's an entrepreneur, a family, a friend, a loved one for help, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I try to always be there. And there's something I think that's, it's, is a legacy to leave because, man, you, you could tell a true friend or a true, somebody that truly cares about you in the time of need, in the time of dark, in the darkest hour, when you call for somebody and they could, they pick up that phone. And, right. and I always, and I've been in so many situations in my life where a lot of times this has happened to me or, or that I'll need somebody and I'll pick up the phone. They're not there for me. Right. And, and I always put in my head that no matter what, I want to be that gentleman, that, 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 that dad, that entrepreneur, that husband, that no matter what, when somebody calls, I'm there for them. Right. And, and I think if I could, if I could leave with the legacy that people remember me that, Hey, that guy, Jeff was always there and, and, and always gave us all trying to help us when we needed help. I mean, I think that's a, that's a strong, strong character to leave with. Definitely. That is definitely. And one thing I got to say, you just, you seem very genuine in everything, you, you know, and, and I, I give you a lot of, um, a lot of credit for that. You know, you're a very genuine person. Everything you can say, you're, you seem very real. You know, there's a lot of people out there who they get to a certain, you know, level of achievement and success and it's hard to, you know, they, they get a, you lose some of their humbleness. And I can, I can tell that, you know, you're, never lost and you're gen you're genuine through all just, that just so. be just be real man i mean with social media there's so much fake sake shit out there man there's so much people trying to be who they're not truly i mean i drive a jeep i could drive i could drive a really expensive car i drive a jeep because it makes sense in my life i like off-roading i like hanging out with my kids it's 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 putting yourself in a situation where you don't have to ever not be who you are right and, and I think being authentic is if you look at my social media, look at my, I mean, half my things are my kids or pictures of me. Like it's always being as real as you possibly can. And it's something where I'll never change. I'll never allow nothing to change. It doesn't matter how much money I have, doesn't matter where I get in life. I want to be always be as authentic as possible. And you saying that actually very meaningful to me. Like I, it, it, I take that because that's who I am. I don't, I don't bullshit. All you see is who you, who I am at all times. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you could tell, you know, I was, I was reading, I was watching some of your podcasts, you know, prior to us getting the call and you could tell, you know, it, it's, it holds true through everything. And um, I think that's an important, important trait that a lot of entrepreneurs need to remember, you know, through it all, you know, it, you'll, you'll get, you'll get very far in life in general, right. Just by, just by being a real person, just by being there for people, by giving value, but you know, all of those things on a daily basis, they'll, they'll add up, you know, I've seen it in my life, you know, just being real, I give help people out, you know, your little cousin wants a little bit of help with their homework, help them out. You know, if you're, if your buddy is starting his own business and he wants to ask you how to set up an LLC, help him out. You know, all those little things, like you said, those, those are wins in my life. You know, if I can help those people out on a daily basis, then, then those are wins and then, you know, it'll come back to you. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, when you ask that person such as yourself, if I ask Jeff Lopes that question, you know, and he has, he can answer that for me, that, that means more than anything. Right. So, um, that's great. Are you still with me, Jeff? Cause I, I believe you, you, yeah, I'm still here, buddy. Okay. Still here. Great. Great. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, Jeff, thank you for that. So, so let me ask you, you know, going back to the whole, you know, you know, you're the entrepreneurial dad coach. And I, I know we have a lot of, a lot of dads on the, on the call right now. What are some of the few, uh, you know, key components of, um, of how dad, dad entrepreneurs can either uh, improve or succeed in balancing work life and fatherhood, right? Like what are some, like just a few of those key components that you've, you've uh, established that can really, you know, get them to, to point A to point B, if you will. I mean, there's, there's a handful of little things that you do right off the bat is being present. So when you are home is being present is I love taking my kids out of their environment. So if we're home. A lot of dads will get home and they're on their phone. Their kids are on their video game and they're like, oh, I was with my kid for an hour. No, you're not with your kid. You're not being present. So one is shutting off the phone, um, shutting off the TV, shutting off the electronics. Two is I like taking them out of their environment, whether I take them out for half an hour, 45 minutes, whether they go to a bookstore, go for a bike ride, for a hike, go for a jog, do something activity-wise outside the daily environment, you're building these memories. And these memories are just building that memory bank. So one day you're not around, they're going to remember all these little moments you had with them, all these little laughs you had with them. So that's the first thing. Second thing is, as entrepreneurs, we get this, this, man, we have good days, bad days. We don't sometimes even realize if we're having a bad day. And right. then negative energy just builds in you. So a lot of guys, when you get home and you just open that front door and walk in that house, I'm telling you right now, your wife, your kids, they can sense that negative energy. And all of a sudden, the rest of the night is a complete shithole. So what I do is I kind of do a reset. So when I get home, before I walk in the door, is sit in the car, turn off the car. I take two, three deep breaths, say, hey, love my kids, love my wife. I'm going to have a great day. Reset myself and then walk in. And when I walk in, I make sure I have a smile on my face. I make sure I'm, 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 I'm excited to be home. And the minute you do that, everybody else in the house has a smile. And that energy takes off the rest of the night. Yes. So the way you get home from work, building proper memories. Another thing too is, um, I call it the yes factor. We talked about it earlier. If my kids ask me to do anything that's time consuming, not like, hey, dad, can you buy me this? No, it's, hey, dad, can you play catch with me? I call it the yes factor. I drop everything else and, I, and, and it's, it's their time at that point. So being able to understand that when your children want to spend time with you, that you right. are You said you don't do give them money, you give them more factor. time, right? 100%. 100%. It's all about building that memories, those, those, those that, that time with them. And another thing too is, so you have, you, you have that environment. And everything too is, as an entrepreneur and as a dad, you also have to remember your wife, your, your spouse, your partner. Right. A lot of people focus on their kids. They focus on their business. So one thing I do is, um, is I make sure every single night, me and my wife, Monday to Friday, when the kids go to bed, we go for a power walk. Well, literally 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And that's our time to connect, our time to ask the questions. How was your day? What's new? What's bothering you? Being able to connect also on that level mentally with your, with your partner is very valid because if you have that connection, you're on the same wavelength, that relationship will reflect to your children. And that just makes a whole overall environment at your home a lot, lot. So these are just a few little things to do right off the bat that it'll just automatically give everything at a right flow. And the last is we talked about earlier is the non-negotiables. Put in the time because it's very easy to be like, okay, I got to do this with my kid. I got this. And then I'm stuck at work or something happens at work. I do blocks on my schedule. So month in advance, I block in my family time. I block my kids' baseball games. I block my wife, my daughter's dance. I block in my schedule. They're non-negotiable. They're locked in there. So everything else is built around that. And if I have a project and I'm doing a project from one till three o'clock, I'm telling you right now, three, 2.45 comes along. I, whether I'm done or not, that project can move on to the next day. 
and I literally get on and move on to the next thing. So I make sure my time blocking is very precise and I stick with it and I stick with it. And I think it's very important to stick with that and, and, and really, like I said, focus on those non-negotiables, put in those things in your schedule that you will not live with regrets. If something were to happen, you're not like, fuck, I wish I did this or crap. I wish I did this. No, you have no excuses. Do it now. Be present. Now, are you doing this to your, are you instilling this in some of your children as well? Are you teaching them time blocking? Are you teaching them some non-negotiables per se? Yeah. Yeah. Self-belief is a huge thing. I teach my kids is I really push them to be, um, to believe in themselves. I've been doing that from a very young age. I mean, I actually created, um, I created, I got paid and I got made these two things. They put it upside, outside their bedroom doors and it says, believe in yourself. And I make them do affirmations every single night. I've been doing this for years and years. And they say it five times out loud. I believe myself. I believe myself. I believe myself. And so I do that. And everything I do with my kids is, is teaching them how to be independent. My kids are 13 and 15. And we get home from work and dinner's ready. The house is clean. Laundry's done. I teach them life skills. Mm-hmm. I teach them. We, we work on sales. We work on public speaking. Um, fitness is a huge component of our lives. My kids are fitness buffs. They, they don't fight over a video game. They fight over a treadmill. That's so awesome. fitness is huge. Um, uh, uh, building that self-belief. And, and also the last thing I teach my kids is, is I really want them to understand how to be a winner. And, right. and I, and the parents, we live in a society, and I just had this conversation with a gentleman the other day. We live in a society that everybody gets a participation ribbon. And mm-hmm. I think it's the biggest bullshit we could possibly do. Because, and I'm probably going to get negative feedback for saying this, but I mean, we need to teach our kids how to be winners. Because when they're in the real world, there is no participation. When you're going for sure. a job, there's one person gets that job. When you're creating a business, it's the most successful business. Like you have to teach your kids from a young age. They got to be pushing to be number one at everything they do. They have to have that think, drive. Yeah. Because if you don't teach them from a very young age to be a champ, to be a winner, Believe me, when they get in the real world, it's going to hit them hard in the face. So from yeah. day one, I, I, I push my kids to be with dancer. My dad, daughter answered censored the dance competition. If she finished second, I'll literally make her go home and study first place what that girl did differently. What does she do wrong? So she goes into the next competition, she's going to get first place. So I really, really hone my kids on learning how to be winners from a very young age. So when they're ready to get into the real world, they have the life skills. And they know how mentality, they have the mentality to be champs, to be winners at everything they do, whatever they decide to do in their life, right? Yeah. One of the things I saw in one of your previous podcasts that I really liked because my father did it to me as well is that, you know, he would, he would say to me, he like, you know, he would get up, shake his hand, you know, look him in the eyes when he says hello to you. Kid, go give him a handshake. Oh, always do that. Always, always do that. That was one of the things. You know, always do those that. little skills like, you know, he'd be like, he's like, go over there and say hello to Mr. Robinson. Did you say hello to him? Okay, good. You know, and, little things like that those, yeah. those and then just and just in certain life matters yeah open up the door say thank you smile at somebody these are little smile lost arts mm-hmm. there's nothing so special when i walk down the street i mean now with this effing masks but when you when i walk down the street there's nothing more special i i do it out of my i go out of my way to do it just because i love seeing people's reaction you give them a big smile and you say hello and there's like most people are like whoa most people are like, like it's just, and you, you see the smile, smile back instant, they look behind yeah. them, right? I know. And, and, and they get, no, but you, the instant reaction, you can see them glow. They're like, oh, oh hi. They, they said warm feeling. Right. And I think it's so special. And, and I think our kids need to, the next generation needs to start 
understanding a simple smile, a simple hello, how far it could go, right? You never know. Somebody could be having a really shit day at the grocery store and you just give them a little smile could change their whole outcome the rest of the day. Yes. So having that purpose, right? So I think it's very important to teach our kids to understand that because one day they might be the ones that need that smile. So being able to put them in that situation and they understand little small gestures so far in life. Dude, you know, I have a lot of friends who are teachers now and, you know, everyone just gets a handout trophy, you know, everyone just gets the, you know, thanks for coming, you know, but instilling that winner personality for like at, at a young age or, or that mentality rather, you know, it, it will go so far, you know, because that literally I was playing in a game. I was growing up, I was playing T-ball. I was playing a, a dodgeball game and I wanted to, me and you were going head to head against each other. I'm going to try and beat you. You know what I mean? Like you might get hurt. I'm going to try and beat you, you know? And like, but, but you, you take away from yeah. that as you grow up and as you grow up, like, you know, you, you don't lose that, 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 that fire that you keep inside of you. Right. Yeah. Well, hundred percent. That's, that's, that becomes part of who you are, right. It's like most your DNA that, that, that if you think of the most successful athletes, the most successful entrepreneurs, they all have that drive to be perfect. They have that drive for perfection. They're all, they're all willing to go an extra mile to be the best. And if yeah. you don't instill that from a very young age, and it, and it's, and it, to me, it's almost like a reflex. You got to teach it. You got to keep doing it and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. Mm-hmm. And eventually it becomes part of your DNA. It becomes part of what you do. Everything you do, you strive to be the best. You'll go an extra mile. you work that extra They'll hour. do what others won't in order to get what others can't, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think you, and that's something you have to teach your kids from a young age because i mean you're going to get the oddball that really is driven and pushed like from a very young age but you're also you I, that, that's one of those tools i honestly believe you can teach your kids from a very young age yeah i agree with you i definitely do i definitely agree with you so tell me going back to your family tell me about your book your book strawberry mountain is that is that based off of your family tell me a little bit about that and what and what uh what got you to want to, you know, create a show? Yeah. Yeah. So Strawberry Hill is my second book. Uh, it's actually, uh, uh, my first book was Entrepreneurial Dads and that did really, really well. And Strawberry Hill was actually created in memory of my dad. So um, when my dad passed away, um, I was really heartbroken. And about a week later, I looked at my wife and I said, I needed to do something to keep his memory going. Oh, that's awesome. And I took pen to paper and I wrote six children's books within a week. And I'm actually going to release them all within an eight to 10 week period apart. And they're actually called Grandpa Joe's Adventures. And the characters in the book are actually my daughter, my son. They look identical to them. They're, they have their names really? and my Grandpa Joe. And they're all lessons for other children. Lessons my dad used to sit there and tell my kids. And the first one is Strawberry Hill, a lesson on gratitude. And, uh, and what I want to do is, it's uh, one thing we haven't talked about, but um, Sick Kids Hospital is very close to our heart. My son spent a lot of time at Sick Kids Hospital. And uh, so a portion of all sales of the book actually are going to be donated back to Sick Kids Hospital. I created a fund. And it's one of the greatest pediatric hospitals in the world. And we're very fortunate to have it here because my son wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that hospital. So it was the book, actually, if you open up the first page, it actually... Um, has a, a memory. Actually, I should have it here. Let me read it. One sec. And I actually wrote in here on the first page is actually in loving memory of Grandpa Joe, you were tender and kind. What a beautiful memory you left behind. And that's the opening page to all the books. That's great. And uh, yeah, so the characters on base and they're all, and they're all list like lessons for kids that um, I think will uh, hopefully stick in their heads 
and they're and they and they're simple rhymes. It took a while to, to learn how to rhyme and put words together, but I kind of Get figured it out on, pretty right? quickly. Yeah. yeah, essentially, yeah. I was I was studying like anything else. I, I I took a whack of the best children's book, and I really and I I spent almost a week reading them and understanding how they they structured together, and then I started creating my own my own uh, books with lessons I thought would be uh, inspiring, something that my my dad would be proud of. What can't you do, Mr. Lopes? What can't you do? He does it all. Dad coach, business owner, life coach, bestselling author, kids books. Guy does it all. It's inspiring. It's very inspiring. And, you know, I hope someone out here listens to this or live or, or, you know, whether it be the podcast that we repurpose onto YouTube that, you know, you know, never to set yourself just to one, you know, if you, you could be doing one thing good, but if you time block correctly, you could be, you know, you could own five businesses. You can make three books, best-selling books, international bestsellers, you know, you name it. So very inspiring, Jeff. And I appreciate you. And uh, I'm really happy. I feel like I can talk to you all day long. You know what I mean? I feel like I've got to know you, but that goes back to what I said about you being very, uh, very genuine and authentic as a person. So um, I really appreciate that about you. Um, so Jeff, it's and, about... Uh, I love this conversation, but I, I, let me, let me say one quick thing about you. And you're saying this is, is this your first time as the host? This is my very first time hosting. You did amazing, but you're a natural. You're a natural. You're very calm. You're very, uh, even though we've had some technical issues and you're calm, you're relaxed. Uh, yeah. You asked, you're composed. You asked the right questions. Uh, you got the good smile. So you're going to do very well at uh, whatever you I do. So congrats that. on that, brother. Thank you very much. That means a lot. That really does. Because, you know, I wasn't sure I was going to do yeah. it, but uh, overall, I'm pretty happy. Other than technical <laughs> issues, I'm pretty happy. So, Jeff, the time yeah, is that, 7.51. Yeah. We usually like to open it up for a little Q&A. I know we lost a few people due to some of the, by the second and third technical issue, we lost a few. Um, I just wanted to see if anyone does have a question, uh, feel free to write it in the chat now. Um, Mr. Jeff is here with us. Uh, he can, anyone uh, does have anything that you'd like to add, any two cents, feel free to uh, let us know. Thank you for that. Yeah, time block is a big part of uh, big part of what I, I believe in. It's something I've kind of instilled about three years ago, and it's, it's huge for us. Who was your first? Who was your hire? first? So me being hired, or or me hiring a staff? I believe he means probably you being a, a staff. So, so do you have a team of people? You hiring a staff? Yeah. So my actually first hire was when I was seventeen years old. Uh, when I was seventeen years old, uh, it's a funny little story. Uh, after high school, during it was seventeen, I was just turned seventeen. I was still in high school, and after high school, every day after school, we would go to this little mall. Had about thirty. It was an indoor mall. Had about twenty, thirty shops. And a couple of my friends used to work at these little closed boutiques or whatever as a part-time job. And we, I used to get, I got to know the managers and they're always complaining after school from three to seven, theft was so high. Kids are coming after school, stealing and doing stuff. So I remember going home one day and I looked at my dad. I'm like, you know what, dad, I go, I think I have a little business here. And I asked my dad for a $250 loan. I registered a sole partnership business for 60 bucks. I got business cards. I got three security jackets and three walkie talkies. And I went back with these contracts I made and, and I started selling my service, which was a loss prevention service. So I would actually put a security guard, just one of my buddies from high school. I hired six of my buddies from high school and I would put Mm -hmm. them outside the store and they would be there from three to 7 p.m. as loss prevention. They wouldn't do nothing, just the presence. Kids wouldn't go in that store. They would go into another store and steal. And I started getting one shop, two shops. I ended up having a 1.7 shops. Um, and I did that for about a year and a half. And, and back then I was charging, I still remember, I was charging the store 13 15 an hour and I was bad. Minimum wage was six twenty five. dollars So I paid my buddy six twenty five dollars an hour and I was pocketing the rest. The only issue with that is my buddies 
it was, I, man, I laugh at it now. They were always calling sick. So it was being me or my family covering the shift all the time. So it got to the point where my parents were like, man, this is, this is way too much. You got to focus on your right. school. And I ended up selling the business. And it's crazy. After all these years, the gentleman that bought that company still runs that business. Get it's out of brand. Here. No the bullshit. The business that you started at 17. Yeah. It's called six Street, year buddies. Stick. So I started myself, and I would I, I hired my buddies. That was my first right, hire, right. and it was called Strictly Security Service. Until this day, the guy still runs the company. And actually, runs a decently successful, lot bigger security company after all these years. So Same name. That was everything. my first. Yeah, that was my first hire at seventeen, and I was it wasn't even a legal hire. I was just like they would work. I would pay them cash. Give them cash. Little, yeah, <laughs> it, it was it was that was my first experience with um, having staff and and learning how to somewhat understand and, and, and the struggles of managing staff. I mean, you know, one thing I've learned over the years, Parker, is it doesn't matter if you're a billion-dollar company or a small mama-papa shop. The biggest struggle every business has is staffing. That's just yep. the way it is. So yes. um, it's, it's, never, um, it's never a perfect road. But I'm very lucky with my company, Kamora, where I've had staff for, I mean, Dan and these guys all with me for 11, 12 years. And I've kind of instilled the whole Google mentality where it's music on and, and, and let them relax, let them have a relaxed environment and make them enjoy coming to work. So if somebody enjoys coming to work, they can be a lot more productive. So I really instill that environment of just a really, my, my office is a loft setting. So I'm sitting with my staff, everybody sits together, we got the music on. It's a really relaxed environment. And that mm. to me allows for a lot more productivity and allows us to communicate on a regular basis. There's no one locked up in offices, no one locked up in little cubicles. Right. Everybody's all together, everybody's at the same level, and everybody really helps and works together when needed, right? It's a much better work environment. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Love it. So Jeff, tell me, where can, uh, where can we get in touch with you? Oh, okay. Nikhil has another question. What is the book you'll read over and over again? Uh, um, I mean, it just goes back to an old one. Right? If Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I mean, that's just that's, a, that's a great one, right? right? So that's the one that I would, I would go to. And, and I'm, I'm a huge magazine guy. Like I love reading entrepreneurial or Inc magazine. Cause you just, you, you get inspired by young entrepreneurs or young people that are really successful. So I love reading updated stories on people. So I'm a, I'm a magazine guy. I love, if you see in my office or if I'm, I'm if I'm anywhere in a cart, I always have piles of magazines everywhere. Cause I, I every time I see a magazine, I buy it. Cause I just, there's always one or two little things I'll learn from it. I find that. And yeah. then, and, and there's something where I can just put it aside and I'll go back to it all the time. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Rich that poor dad magazines. Yeah. I mean, so listen, I got a lot out of this, Jeff. I'm super grateful that, you know, you got to spend this hour with me. I got to spend it with you rather. So Thank you. I saw you on Instagram. I saw you on social media. Um, where is the best place to get in touch with you? So someone to reach out. I mean, so even for coaching, there's, you have different programs of coaching as well, I believe, right? Yeah. yeah. We, I mean, uh, I have a few different programs. I mean, I don't put up much full effort into it. So when something comes to me, I, I, I'm very limited to who I take because my time is very limited, but right. I do have a, I, I think the biggest thing with entrepreneurs is accountability. I think most people that are wanting to be successful, it's, it's, it's that accountability of somebody up their rear on a regular basis to make sure they're doing their due diligence. So I've actually started an accountability program where it's, it's, it's something very simple. It's 99 bucks a month. And, and we set our goal, your goals, and I'm up your ass and make sure you do them. I'm texting you, I'm calling you and I'm, and on a regular basis, I just make sure you're doing them. And uh, so I started this accountability program that's actually really taken off. And I see people getting the results and they're calling me like, hey, I'm getting results. And all I'm doing is just making sure you're, you're, you're 
doing what you said you're going to do, right? So it's yeah. holding somebody accountable. So um, that's another thing I've been doing of late as well is just a simple accountability program as well. And you can find it on jeffreylopes.com or social media. I'm on all social media, but I'm most present on Instagram. That's where you'll find me the most on Instagram, Andrea, at Jeff Lopes. At Jeff Lopes. Yeah. All right. So you got it, jeffreylopes.com, guys, on Instagram, at Jeff Lopes. Jeff, once again, um, can't thank you enough for, you know, time blocking for me personally and putting the time, <laughs> dropping a bunch of golden nuggets, a bunch of wisdom on us. Um, I got a lot out of it of being a young entrepreneur myself. And, uh, you know, I'm sure one day, you know, five down, five years down the line or something, I'll be that entrepreneur dad myself. So um, I can tell you, I will be following up with you in the near future. Um, anything you, know, you ever need, buddy, just reach out, man. Anything you ever need, question, anything you ever need. I, like I said, I can't stress enough. I love helping young entrepreneurs. So just reach out to me and, uh, I mean, uh, my phone will be open anytime you need it. It means a lot, Jeff. It means a lot. So once again, uh, Jeff, any, any final thoughts, any, anything to leave us with any closing yeah, man, statements, just, will you? Simple. I mean, simple little things that I think people will take for granted, simple things where if you haven't talked through to a loved one for a while, pick up the phone and call them. Yeah. Um, if you haven't talked to a friend in a while, pick up the phone and call them, uh, make that effort to go out and see your loved ones and and just simple stuff where a simple words that we forget to say on a regular basis is i love you right i mean just something simple like i love you like look at your kids tell i, I told my kids before i go to bed tell my wife i love you things simple words that we forget to say on a regular basis that means so much so simple yeah. things like that make a world of difference right yeah i make a world of good difference and you never want to die with that that regret knowing that you could have should have you know reached out to those, yeah, those people in your life 100%. Right. Well, Jeff, thank you again. Um, the time is eight o'clock on the dot. I did my due job. I'm super happy <laughs> with how this went. Um, thank you for bearing with me through all the Wi-Fi technicalities and all. You have been awesome. And uh, thank you again. I hope to hear from you very soon. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks for everybody that listened. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Infinity X. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube by searching We Are Infinity X. Until next time.